Well, it is good to be back today. So we were away last week. We actually took the kiddos down to the new Great Wolf Lodge in Perryville. Had a really awesome time. Um, didn't have too many meltdowns. And when I say that, I'm talking about Sarah and myself, not the kids. Um, so worked out really great. It was a wonderful time. But it was really hard not being here on Sunday. Um, my heart was completely torn on Sunday morning. Like, man, I'm not at Bethel. I want to be with everybody. So that was really tough. Um, but I'm glad to be back today. And having said that, I am so thankful for the most amazing staff that any church could ever ask for that we have here. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Kevin and Remy. Um, Pastor Kevin brought an incredible word on relationships, and it's amazing how God just sort of used that. It'll be the perfect introduction for what we're going to talk about today. Um, Pastor Kevin and Remy are such a blessing to this body. They are a blessing to Sarah and myself. I love you both so much. Um, We are blessed at this church with just the most incredible staff you could ever ask for. All right, so the year was 1996. 1996, all right? And I don't know about you, but to me, that feels like it should just be like 10 years ago, something like that, but it's soon going to be 30 years ago, 30 years ago. And so every year, for many years, each summer, my friends and I would participate in a basketball tournament that was a three-on-three tournament called Hoop It Up that was held in Baltimore, And essentially, this was a traveling tournament that would go from city to city. They would set up hundreds of basketball hoops, and they would have tournaments based on your age and your skill level. Now, it was always an interesting affair because if you were under 16 years old, you obviously didn't have any sort of ID. And so this one year, I remember, we should have been playing against other 14-year-olds But the one guy who had a full-grown beard and a tattoo made me think that he probably wasn't all that honest about his age. (laughs) Just probably not too honest about it. But nevertheless, that year, we went to play in the tournament, and in the very first game, my friend jumped up to grab a rebound. He came down very awkwardly, and he dislocated his kneecap. Dislocated his kneecap. Now, he didn't sprain his ankle, right? That's common in basketball. You land on someone's foot, you sprain an ankle. He didn't hyperextend his knee. He dislocated a kneecap. Very odd. But obviously, that was the end of his day. And you can imagine it was pretty much the end of our hopes of doing anything good in that tournament because we had to play two on three the rest of the way. So it was a little bit rough from that point. Now, I don't know about you, but the kneecap isn't a part of the body that I give much thought to. It's probably not a part of the body that we actually think is all that important compared to things like our heart and our brain and our lungs. But I can tell you that that one little tiny part, right, the little kneecap being out of place had him in such excruciating pain and his entire body was not going to function properly because of it. So it's a crazy thing. You have so many different parts to the human body And the only way for it to all function correctly and for you to be able to achieve your goals is for all of those parts to function together. Even a small part of the body that is thrown off can affect everything and can keep the body from doing all that it was intended to do. I know you know where we're going with this, right? The body of Christ is much the same way. And so today we will talk about the body of Christ as the next truth in our foundational truth series. So let me quickly recap what we covered. And I know if you have been here from the start of this, you've like 
are probably thinking, man, I've heard this so many times, but I want to recap each week for those who may have missed a week or those who have joined us recently, and also because as we hear things repeated, it helps us to remember. And so far in this series, we have looked at truth. Jesus is truth, and he is revealed in the Bible, which is the standard of truth. We've looked at the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to boldly proclaim the gospel and operate in supernatural giftings. We've studied the presence of the Holy Spirit and learned how we must host him in our lives and in the church as his presence is the very source of that power. We've looked at prayer, and we saw how prayer was a fundamental purpose of why we gather together, and it's a powerful tool for seeing change because prayer serves as a bridge from what currently is to what should be. And then we also looked at love. And we saw how the biblical definition of love is so much greater than the world's. That love is not an emotion or a feeling, but it's a choice we make and that it looks like something that can be demonstrated in and through our lives towards the world. And so today we will study the topic of the body of Christ. And so we're going to start by defining what that is, and then we're going to see three different things. We'll see that all of us are a vital part of the body with something to contribute that all parts of the body are to be valued and honored, and that all parts of the body are needed so that Christ can be presented to our world. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and flip them over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Got a pretty good chunk of scripture to read here today, but it's 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read verses 12 through 27. And it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So the Word of God describes the relationship of God's people to one another in quite a few different ways. And each way that the Bible describes this relationship is meant to bring out a different truth of what it means for us to be God's people. Let me give a few examples here. So we are referred to in the Bible as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
This is meant to help us understand that when we come to Christ, we are adopted into God's family and we all become part of one spiritual family. It's meant to stress, stress unity and the close relationship of God's people. We are called the church. It's the Greek word ekklesia. This was a Greek term that described a gathering of people with a specific purpose. We are called the ecclesia, the church, to emphasize that we are to gather together, that we are to spend time with one another with a purpose, which would include everything that we discussed in this foundational truth series and more. We are better together and we can accomplish more together than we can apart. So in similar manner here in 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul uses the imagery of the human body to describe the relationship of God's people. So let's look at verses 12 to 14 and 27 again. So it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So Paul teaches that just like a body has many different parts, but is still considered one whole, we as God's people are joined together and all of us, many different parts, come together to form a whole. So we as God's people are many parts who form one body and one body comprised of many parts. And what he teaches in verses 12 to 14 is that this is a work of the Spirit. We have all been baptized. We have all been immersed into one spirit, and the Holy Spirit joins us together to form that one body. So just like in a human body, each part has a role to play, so it is with the body of Christ. All of us are a vital part of the body of Christ with something to contribute. Something to contribute. All of us have a role to play and are vital in the body functioning the way that Christ desires it to function. The roles don't need to be the same, and the roles shouldn't be the same. We are uniquely created by Christ. Verse 17, it says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So you have a role, and you have something to bring to this church. You have something to bring to the table. You are a vital part of the church universal, and you are a vital part of this church, Bethel. See, God's desire is that each church would have a full representation of the body. And just like a human body enables us to work and be productive, the body of Christ is called to work and be productive, to do the work of Christ and be productive for him. However, there is a major challenge that we face in our day. And that challenge that we face is that so much of our culture is affected by a consumer mentality. So we live in an entertainment, consumer-driven culture where so much emphasis is placed on being entertained and consuming something. And this mentality and this consumerism is an easy trap to fall into because we are taught from the very youngest of ages that we are here to consume, that we're here to consume things. So even from the youngest of ages, you can see that Wait, what do I got here? I lost my number. $4 billion a year is spent on digital advertising just to children. 
$4 billion. And I saw all sorts of different estimates when it comes to adults, anywhere from $325 billion to over a trillion dollars a year spent in advertising to adults, essentially telling us that we need to consume, that we need to consume, we need to just be entertained all the time. And so as those children's become, children become adults, and then as adults are also inundated with all of this and are targeted so much, tolding, t- being told that we need to consume, you end up with so many people viewing church as a place I go to simply receive something. Many people view the church as only existing to meet their needs and for them to receive something from. Now, don't misunderstand me today. I 100% agree that people should receive something when they come to church. People should be getting fed here. So there must be worship in the church that leads people into the presence of God. The sermons that are preached must be full of God's truth and practical application. There must be fellowship and there must be prayer for one another as we encourage and lift each other up to God and walk through life together. There must be discipleship that teaches and trains us to be everything that God created us to be and prepares us to go out and further the kingdom. So a body does need to be fed in order to be healthy, and it needs to be fed good things. You can't be healthy if you eat nothing but donuts, right? Even though donuts are amazing. They're amazing. They really are. So we should be fed at church But if this is your only meal of the week, then you're not going to grow very healthy. None of us eat just one or two meals a week. So you won't be fully healthy if you only get fed at church on a Sunday or a Sunday and a Wednesday. You also got to be feeding yourself during the week. So we should get fed when we come together. But looking at the whole of Scripture, I would argue that that is actually only one side of the coin as to why we gather with the other side of that coin being not what we can receive, but what we can bring, what we can contribute. We are not called to simply be consumers in our Christian walk, but also to be producers. And as part of the body, we are to produce. Jesus in Matthew seven seventeen speaks of good trees who produce good fruit. And so Paul describes this as parts of the body because each part of the body does something for the rest of the body. The eyes see, the ears hear, the heart pumps blood. Each part is created to bring something to the body, to contribute something. So what is God calling you to bring to his body? See, all of us have a part to play in the body fully fully functioning the way God has created it to function. We are all called to serve the rest of the body in some capacity. Now, it's okay if you haven't yet found your place or you're just starting to try and figure it out. If you're new and you're just getting a feel for this body, I'm not here slapping you saying, hey, you should be doing something already. Don't misunderstand me. So if you haven't found your place, that's okay. This isn't to make anyone feel guilty, but rather what I want to do this morning is encourage you that you have something to bring. You have something to contribute. Your life is valuable. God has brought you here as part of this body at Bethel, and he has something that you can bring to the rest. So we are to bring our talents and our gifts to the body because what God has placed in your life is needed in this church and in this body for it to fully function the way he desires it to function. 
So what has God placed in your life and how can you use it for his kingdom? How can you use it here at church? And then as we'll look at next week, how can you use it for our communities? You are a vital part of this body. And just like all parts of the body are vital, all parts of the body are to be honored. All of the roles are to be valued. Verse 21, it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So all parts are valuable and necessary to the proper functioning of the body. And if all parts are necessary, then it means all parts are valuable and should be honored. So you may be here today and you may not feel like you have something to contribute. You may not feel like you play an important role in the body, but the truth of the matter is every role is important to the proper functioning of the body. See, what we need to realize is that the world's hierarchy of things that they deem as more important than others does not apply to the church, right? We know that the world likes to put certain things up on the pedestals, right? They take the CEOs and they put the CEO up on the pedestal as just a little bit more important than the worker bees, We take athletes and we put them up on the pedestal as the most important and we forget about the hundreds of people that actually allow for a game to be played. We tend to put things up on pedestals. We tend to have this sort of hierarchy of things that we consider just a little bit more important than others. And this mentality, if we aren't careful, can infect the church where we start elevating certain roles up and above others. So a number of years ago, when Sarah and I were still at Emmanuel, we had been the youth pastors for the number of years. And a new senior pastor came. He asked me to take on outreach. And as that role grew and some other things that I was doing there grew, we decided it was time to raise up a new youth leader to run the ministry. And so the church brought someone into that role. And unfortunately, it didn't work out very well. And so there was another associate pastor on staff. And he took over and he led it for just a short time before he actually got a senior pastor role. And so before he left for that senior pastor role, one Sunday morning, we had a missionary visit our church who was talking to him. And as I walked up to say hello to the missionary, I heard the missionary say to him, hey, I heard you just got a big promotion. Now, I'm sure the missionary was just trying to be kind and encouraging, but it showed that even in the church, we have a hierarchy of sorts of things that we think are maybe just a little bit more important than others. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this to criticize that missionary in any way. He was an amazing man of God. Not saying it to criticize him. I love missionaries. I support missionaries. I'm believing that Bethel is going to just vastly, vastly increase the number of missionaries we support in the coming days. So this has nothing to do with the missionary or him personally. Rather, it's just this sort of mentality that I think exists sometimes in the church. But see, the truth of the matter is this. That pastor wasn't getting a promotion. He was simply being called by God into a new role in a new season. Because youth pastors and children's pastors and every kind of pastor and every single person who serves the church in any sort of capacity has as important of a role in the body of Christ as any other. There's no hierarchy in the body of Christ. Every role is vital. Every role is valuable. Every single role in the body is vital to the proper functioning of the body. And so all parts are to be honored. 
Now, I'm not discounting that certain roles have higher levels of responsibility and greater levels of accountability, and that oftentimes our willingness to perform a role with integrity and excellence does prepare us for a role with increased responsibility and accountability, right? But the truth of the matter still exists that every single role is vital to the body and all are to be valued and honored. See, the problem is when we get these truths sort of twisted and we're valuing certain things maybe a little bit more than others, you end up having a situation where people want to play the roles that they perceive are more important instead of fulfilling the role that God has called them to in that season. And just like an ear doesn't do well seeing, neither do they play that other role very well. We are all called to find the part that we are called to play in the body. We are all called to contribute to the work of Christ. See, what also often happens sometimes in churches is that certain parts aren't engaged in the work. So it's like your feet are sitting on the sidelines, and when it's time for the body to walk, the hands have to step in. Now, they may pull it off. I've seen some people walk in their hands before, but they aren't going to do it as well as the feet would do it. And plus, they still have all of the other responsibilities that the hands are called to do. We must find where we fit, and then we must be faithful and perform that role with excellence. That's the standard that God will hold us accountable to one day. God has specific plans and purposes for your life, specific roles for you to play through the different seasons. And what the Bible tells us is that we will give an account for our lives someday to Christ. Now, for believers, we know that this isn't about heaven or hell. We're not going to stand before God someday and give an account for all of our sin because Jesus took our sins and pinned them to the cross. Right? He nailed those things to the cross. But we will stand before Christ someday and give an account for our faithfulness to what Christ called us to do. Now, I had a conversation with somebody one time, and they made a comment about Reinhard Bonnke. Does everybody know who he is? Amazing man of God. He preached to hundreds of thousands of people at one time in Africa, right, through different African nations. Amazing man of God. He passed away a few years ago. And when I was talking to this person, they made a comment about, well, I sure hope I don't have to go to the judgment seat after Reinhard Bonnke. In other words, they felt like, man, I just can't measure up to this guy. And boy, if I have to go to the judgment seat of Christ after him, I'm going to look like I did nothing for Jesus compared to him. Well, Reinhard Bonnke was an amazing man of God. But we will not be judged against his life and his calling. We will be judged against our life and our calling and our faithfulness to it. I will be judged against the calling on my life and my faithfulness to it. You will be judged on your calling and your faithfulness to you. And I'm telling you, that person who served faithfully at the church for many years without any fanfare whatsoever will hear a resounding, well done, good and faithful servant, exactly the same as Reinhard Bonnke and Billy Graham. We're not judged against what God called them to. We're going to give an account for what God has called us to, and were we faithful with it? We are all a part of the body. We all have a role to play and something to contribute. And a body only functions property, properly when all parts play their role. This is really important to the very health of a church and the body. Let's look at the first part of verse 25 again. It says, so that there should be no division in the body. 
A proper understanding of the body of Christ and the importance of each part is also a vital piece in bringing unity to the church, that there will be no division in the body. Now, I don't know about you, but this is such an incredibly powerfully encouraging verse because it is telling us that it is possible to have a body where there is, no, where there is unity and no division. That's what it's telling us. It says, so that there would be no division. Now, I know some people would say, well, that's impossible, but we must stop doubting what the Bible says because our doubting what God says is available is often the reason we don't walk in it. We need to believe him at his word. If God says that these things are given so that there will be no division in the body, it means it's possible for us to walk in it. See, properly valuing every part of the body leads to a culture of honor and humility, which are prerequisites for unity in the body. They don't guarantee it, but they pave the way for it. Now, the second part of verse 25 and verse 26, it says, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We have equal concern for one another because all of us are valued and vital. All of us are valued and vital. If one part suffers, we suffer with it. I can tell you, when my friend dislocated his kneecap, it was just but one small part of the body, but it affected his entire body. The entire body felt that pain. We are to be so united together and have such love and care for one another that when one part feels pain, we feel that pain alongside of them too. See, the body of Christ is such an amazing thing because we don't need to walk alone when we go through those dark seasons of life. And I would suspect that probably every single one of us could testify in this room that we went through a dark season of life and the body of Christ rallied around us. It also says if one part is honored, we rejoice with them. So I spoke briefly about this in the foundational truth sermon on love, that love looks like honor. So in a culture of honor, we lift each other up, we encourage each other, and we celebrate one another. We are called to celebrate one another. We are not in competition with one another. This isn't a zero-sum game where one person's blessing costs another theirs. When we recognize that we are all different parts, we can see that God honoring or blessing someone in their role or their life does nothing to detract from what he also desires to do in my life. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God has enough for all of us, and he has something specific for each of us. See, you don't want another person's blessing because God has something specifically for you. If we could all just understand the vital role that we are called to play and the importance of it to God's plans and purposes, the very significance of it, we would never desire to have someone else's. If you could understand how vital your role is in the body of Christ, you would never desire to have somebody else's. Let's be a church in a body that celebrates and rejoices in each other's calling. We don't need to be threatened by others, but rather we should desire to help them develop and be what God has called them to be. See, kingdom is based on calling and not just talent and gifting. It's not simply the most talented that is always called or chosen by Christ. Now, there is a small caveat to that. If you don't have any talent at all in a certain area, it may mean that you don't have a calling there. All right? I'll use myself as an example. We don't want to call anybody else out. 
There is a really good reason you see me talk into this microphone, but not sing into it. (laughs) So there could be different areas where maybe we're not gifted in that, so maybe that's not what God is calling us to do. There's a certain level of proficiency. But in general, in the kingdom, it's not just whomever is the smartest or the most talented. It's who did God call. And all parts of the body are to be valued and honored. And all parts are important because all parts of the body are needed so that Christ is presented to our world. Colossians 1.18, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So Colossians 1.18 uses the imagery of the body once again. But the truth taught here is that we as God's people comprise the body, but Christ himself is the head. We are called the body of Christ, meaning when people look at the body, at God's people, we should look like Jesus to them. We should look like Jesus to them. They should be able to look at God's people and say that that group of believers reminds me of Christ. The body is to be an equal proportion to the head who is Jesus. The very fullness of Christ is to operate through the body, the church. We are called his representatives. A representative should represent. Represent is simply represent. The full expression of the ministry of Jesus is to be present and operating today in his church through the body. But the fullness only comes when we each find our role and we learn to operate in it. Just a question to ponder. Could it be that so many churches have not experienced the fullness of Christ because so many parts of the body have not yet risen to the role they are called to play? What could a church look like when we are coming into the the fold and we're finding our part to play and bringing our talents and our giftings? I would love to see every person who calls Bethel their home find what God has called you to. There may be giftings and ways that God wants to use you in, and all he is waiting for you is for you to make yourself available to him. And if the worship team wants to go ahead and come. We are the body, and we each have a vital role to play. And what's really important for us to remember is that role will often only be discovered in the context of the body. What I mean by that is that our destiny is often tied to a community. We are not called to be lone rangers in the church. There are no lone rangers in the church. These verses clearly teach that we are in this together and that we can only be everything we were created to be together and our destiny is often tied to one another. Let me give you a couple examples of this. Do you remember Cornelius in the Bible? He was a God-fearing Gentile and one day he is visited by an angel who tells him to send for Peter. And then you have the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, and he has an encounter with the risen Christ, and he's told to go find a guy named Ananias. So Cornelius and Paul were about to have their destinies changed forever, but the angel didn't proclaim it to Cornelius, and Jesus didn't directly proclaim it to Paul, but rather they sent them to other members of the body of Christ because our destiny is often tied to the body, to a community. The angel and God wanted to make sure that they understood that what they were called to was going to be in conjunction as part of a body, of a community of people. 
Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other and we are called to one another. There is something very important in the gathering of God's people together to encourage one another, to lift each other up, to get on the same page strategically and to be moving in the same direction. Now, this is not a guilt trip. I will never use guilt because guilt is unbiblical. So please don't misunderstand me when I say this, but when we miss church services, the body is not quite whole. The body is not quite whole. Now, if you have to work, if you are sick, if your kids are sick or you're on vacation, something like that, don't feel guilty if you're not able to make it. Please do not misunderstand my heart today. But I do want to encourage all of us to make this gathering a priority, to protect this day and time because something powerful happens when we gather together and you have a role to play in that and you never know on a Sunday morning if there is gonna be someone here who needs what you bring. We need to gather together as his body to be better together and to make a greater impact together than we ever could alone. There is a reason that Hebrew tells us to not forsake assembling together. It's important and it builds the relationships and the strength of the church when we spend time with each other so that we can do what Christ is calling us to do and that is to go out and make an impact in this world. That is the goal of the body, to go forth to complete the work of Christ in making an impact in this world. See, Bethel can't change the entire world, but it certainly can change our world. We as a church can change our community for Christ. And if every single church did that, the whole world would be changed. So we're gonna talk more about this next week. But if the community and people's lives are not being impacted and changed, then we are falling short of the mission we've been given by God to make a change for him as his body. Now, one thing I wanna make abundantly clear here when preaching a sermon topic like this is that we are not what we do, we are who he created us to be. So our value is not derived from anything we do, it's derived from being God's creation and the value he has placed on our lives. See, that is why all parts are as valuable as the others. Because your value and my value comes from Jesus, not the role that we're called to play in the body. That's why we're all equally valuable in God's eyes because our value is directly related to the one who created us. However, we are called to do things, to serve Christ, to be productive, not to obtain value and worth, but because God wants to give us a life of meaning and purpose and impact. That's why we're called to work for him. So let me get very practical for just a few moments here. First, I wanna say thank you to every single person who serves in any capacity in this church. Anyone who serves when we meet here, whether you do something that you feel is big or small, it's a vital role that you play. Thank you for all those who serve at this place. Thank you for those, the many that serve outside of this church and into the community. Whatever it is you do, whatever role you are playing is vital to this church being everything that God has called us to be. Don't grow weary in doing good because we will reap a harvest. Second, if you are here today and you feel like you haven't found your place in the body, I encourage you to just seek the Lord in prayer, check out what is happening here, and then maybe just be willing to step a little bit outside of your comfort zone. 
Remember, God is not calling us to live a life of comfort and ease. He's calling us to live a life of impact. There are things that God may do in and through your life if you are willing to perhaps be just stretched a little bit. We have so many ways you can get involved in this church, so many ministries through which you can make an impact. And I'm believing for new ministries that are gonna rise up in the days ahead. I'm telling y'all, I have dreams in my heart for what God is calling this church to be that may scare you a whole lot. So I'm not getting into them today. But I have dreams in my heart of what this church can be but it's gonna require the entire body coming together, finding our place, finding our role. But if we do, I believe we will see so many lives changed and we will see a community impacted for him. So let's go ahead and land this plane today. Here's how I'd like to end today, two things. I wanna give God the opportunity to reveal to you your fit. But before I do that, I wanna read something to you. Ms. Pat Lewis handed this to us this morning in our prayer time. It was just such a confirmation. She didn't know really what I was going to speak about today, but just listen to what the Lord gave her, I believe, this morning. And she said, Dear children, do not ask yourself, what part do I have in this church? Rather, ask me. You are all beautiful living stones which I am using to build my church. Let me put you where I want you, some in front, some in middle, some in back, but all parts very important. When one piece is missing, the building isn't complete. Ask me and I will show you what I have planned. Keep your heart open to me and I will guide each of you into the destination I have prepared for each of you in this new day. She pretty much just preached my sermon right there. So you're amazing, Miss Pat. We love you so much. So what I want to do now, if you want to go ahead and stand to your feet, is I just want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak. Jesus is called the Word of God. He wants to speak to us all the time. He wants to speak to us more than we probably want to actually hear it. But I want to give an opportunity right now for the Lord to just speak something into your heart, to just show you maybe something that He is calling you to. Now, this is only valuable if we truly listen and then we're willing to step out into it. And so what I want to do now, if you just want to go ahead and close your eyes in this room and just close yourself in with the Holy Spirit, is just say, Holy Spirit, what are you calling me to be? What are you calling me to be? What role are you calling me to play in this body? It may be something you're already doing. It may be something completely different, but let's be open to God and what he wants to do in this new season. So right now, if I would just encourage you to just go ahead with your eyes closed in and just say, Holy Spirit, what role are you calling me to play? And then just let him speak.
the Holy Spirit spoke something into your heart, I just encourage you, take action with it. Talk to one of the pastors, come find me. We'd love to just help you get connected in because you have something to contribute to this body. God has you here for a reason. It's not an accident that he's called you to this church. You are a vital part of this body. We need our ears, we need our eyes, we need our heart, we need our lungs and our feet and our kneecaps. We need it all to function together so that we can be everything that God called us to be. Here's the last thing I would like to do today. Can I just have these two groups scrunched together and then can I have the side group sort of scrunched together? I want to connect the entire body of Christ as a prophetic act this morning. So we can all just kind of crunch together and grab the hand of the person beside you. And we're just going to connect as the body of Christ. to the mission of God in this place. And Littlestown is never going to be the same again. This community is going to be changed for him. We're looking at external focus next week. This is all so that the God's name can just be glorified and lifted high, but you have a part to play. We are one unified body. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, in this prophetic act of joining together as one body, we make declaration in this room that we are your body. Lord, right now I pray over this body of believers, I pray that we would rise up to be everything that you have called us to be. That every single person that you have called to Bethel would find their role, would find the part that you have called them to play. Whether it seems big or whether it seems small, we know that every single part is necessary and valuable. And so, Lord, I pray that we would all rise up into the part that you have called us to play in this season and in the seasons to come. Lord Jesus, that we would be everything you called us to be, that we would be the body of Christ, that we would represent you, that we would represent Jesus to this community and to this world. Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to come. Bring unity in this body, Lord Jesus that we would love and care for one another, that we would encourage and honor and lift each other up. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done. I thank you for what you are doing right now and what you are gonna do in the days ahead. And so, Lord, be glorified in our lives. Be glorified in this body. May the name of Jesus be made famous in all things. So I bless each and every person that's here in your holy and awesome name. Amen. Sister Tammy's going to lead us in a worship song here. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you feel like you've wandered away, if you are here today, you need prayer for anything. We have people that would love to pray with you, minister to you. You can go ahead and come forward.
If not, we bless you in the name of Jesus. If I've not had a chance to meet you and get to know you a little bit, I would love that opportunity before you slip out today. But if you need to get going, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.